Thanks for joining us online for today's message from our Sunday morning service, where we are learning how to make disciples who love God, love others, and serve the world. We pray that you are encouraged and challenged. For more information about Wilmot Center Missionary Church, go to wcmc.ca. Now prepare your hearts for what God wants to speak to you today. We have been called not to half-hearted obedience. Amen? We have been called not to give some of ourselves to the Lord. Amen? And it is not a small ask because we are by nature and by example conditioned and taught to be selfish, to live for ourselves and to achieve all that we can for our own glory and our own personal legacy. But Jesus came, and Jesus, who is king of the universe, Jesus gave up all that could possibly be given in human terms. And he set that perfect example for us and said, if I would lay down my life, not just for my brothers and sisters, but if I would lay down my life even for those who were enemies to me, then those of us who have been called by his name, what can we do but respond and say, Lord, help me to understand what it means to give you everything. Amen? Lord Jesus, increase our faith. Lord Jesus, increase our understanding. Lord Jesus, teach us to pray. Lord Jesus, teach us to listen. Teach us, Lord, to be attuned to your spirit. So that in the quiet we can hear the whisper of his voice. And that in the din of life and in the loudness of voice of the world that we can still hear your voice. And that like Peter, Lord, we would be broken in spirit only for the purpose of being restored. So that when you would say to us three times, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Lord, that we would not become impatient or exasperated with you. That we would never come to the place that we think that somehow... You are at our bidding. But rather, Lord Jesus, that you are the great shepherd. And you are the head of the church. And you love us with a desperate, even reckless love. And you've called us to follow. You've called us to take up our cross. You've called us to leave so much behind because there's so much more ahead that is so much better as we follow you. And it won't be easy. It's not easy. Thank you, Lord. It is so worth it. That you cried sweat drops of blood because of the intensity of the moment and because of the intensity of your love. And the real seriousness of the call. 
Praise your name, Lord. Praise your name, Lord. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. During February and March, we're going to be talking about community. And uh, that's just, that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm seeing. That's what I'm sensing. Uh, the Lord is just speaking to that today, isn't he? About, about, about community and what it looks like, what it sounds like. Especially community under God. Not a human contrived or a human shaped or a human understood sense of community. But, but what does it mean to be community under God? And so during, during February and March, there, there's a little phrase in the New Testament. It appears nearly 60 times. And the phrase is one another. And we're going to visit that throughout the next couple of months, Lord willing. And since I like ING words because they denote activity, then we're going to be going to God's word about one anothering. And I invite you, if you like, look up the phrase one another without the ING in the New Testament. And this morning we're going to introduce, or we're just going to focus on, on community. Now just this week, I was sent a, a short online survey. And the opening question was, community can mean many things to many people, but when you hear the word community, what does it mean to you? And what might you say to that? How might you define community? Because it can be, and it is defined very broadly. It's, it's defined many ways. And because I think of community more in terms of activity than I do of, of being a, a static thing, I think of community as, as active and engaging and, and about doing life. My impromptu answer was, community is about experiencing life together at some meaningful level. Most importantly, and the most meaningful level is going to be that community that is under God. Maybe give some thought how, how you would define it. And my prayer in these weeks is that you and I would desire and continue to promote and experience healthy, meaningful, God-honoring, spirit-led community. Who's with me? Amen? Uh, we experience community at, at many levels, sometimes very loosely, sometimes very closely. Sometimes community is very superficial. Sometimes it's very deep. Sometimes community can be quite painful. And sometimes it can be absolutely beautiful. And I believe that's, that's what God destines, is for community to be beautiful. And I believe, and I know, I believe that the greatest community that we can know is what intentionally comes under the community of the triunity the community of the Trinity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. If God is big enough to create more than 100 billion galaxies, then God is infinitely more complex than you and I are, regardless of how complex we may be. And He can manifest Himself however He chooses. And so for God to be that complex, it's, it's not... It's not surprising to me that God would, would manifest and reveal himself in three distinct persons. One nature, that's what we call the Trinity. God being a single nature, eternal, from glory to glory. But manifested 
presenting as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Father is not a man. Let's be very clear about that. Father is an understanding of God's position and his title. And he is the absolute, perfect, heavenly parent. But he's not a man. Now, Jesus was the man walking the earth, yes. But God is spirit who lives in unapproachable light. And man, the closer we get to God, the more we understand what Isaiah did when he fell on his knees and said, Woe, (laughs) W-O-E, I am undone. Because he was before the living, holy, perfect, amazing, loving God. The Son was not birthed in eternity. He was birthed on earth for a purpose, which was to show us God's love and to demonstrate God's saving love. And the Holy Spirit cannot be dictated how and when he works and acts because he is at work. We just need to be able to hear him and listen. Because he's at work every day in innumerable ways, including right now as we all sit in this auditorium. All right, so as we sit. And I believe that there is perfect joy within the Trinity. That, I mean, how could there not be? And in the Trinity, I imagine that there is this perfect divine dance of joy that takes place. And that we get just a taste of now. And then in eternity, we'll, we will know it and experience it in its completeness and in its, in its beauty. So we come back down to earth and community gets a lot more interesting. It gets a lot messier a lot of the time, doesn't it? Ever been involved in messy community? Probably. So there, 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 there's the broad sense of community where people talk about things like we're, we're part of a global community. We're part of a global village, a world community. We're part of the community of Canada. That's, that's just a very public, fairly superficial understanding of community. And then we're all part of social communities. And and here's what's important about social communities. And we were just reminded about this just now. And that is that wherever we are, we give off an odor. Not just at the gym. But we give off an odor. The Bible calls it a fragrance. Or we give off the light, the light of Jesus and of the Spirit who is in every follower of Jesus. In our schools, our workplaces, and banks, and grocery stores, and neighborhoods, and the towns and the cities that we call the communities that we live in, and online there are innumerable communities. And they're real. They're not face-to-face, but they're real. And in fact, for as many people as will be watching the Super Bowl today, what blows my mind is the number of people, and, and probably a lot of us here today don't, don't, don't even realize this, but the millions of people who are involved in gaming communities online, and I mean, I mean video gaming communities, it is absolutely staggering. The millions of people who are involved in those communities, and whatever kind of community that you are involved in, and, and, and maybe you are on social media too, they can be powerful. On the one hand, anonymity is used by people to insult and abuse. But on the other hand, you and I can give off the kindness and the grace and the truth and the fragrance of Jesus wherever we are. And then community can get, can get more personal with the people that you call close acquaintances or friends. 
maybe some coworkers, maybe some neighbors, your family members, people you're well connected with, and that's a really vital part of the church, isn't it? Personal community. And I hope and trust that there are people who are part of this church that come to your mind that you just want to be around, that you just enjoy being around. Because the aroma that they let, that they let off is, is better than Old Spice. <laughs> and because the fragrance that you let off is better than lilac infusion. And is a reflection of the Trinity in you, that, that divine holy dance that's taking place because you are in Christ. Christ is in the Father. The Father is in Christ. You are in them. They are in you. And because the light that's being let off from you and by you looks like Jesus shining through. And I'd like to think that most of us are here this morning in the middle of winter on a kind of ugly weather day because we want to be here. Because there are people that you look forward to seeing and because you enjoy worshiping God together. And because we know that the Spirit of God is in our midst and at work and because you love being part of community. Because we all need to belong with the people of God and with God, whether it's here on Sundays or during the week, in your home, in your life group, if you're part of one or wherever it may be. And that kind of community is repeated all over the globe where God is present, including the Czech Republic. And as I, as I watched that video, I just thought community, because that's where my head is today. I thought, wow, you can see God at work. And in Cuba, where God is doing incredible things, praise His name. Wherever followers of Jesus meet. And Jesus modeled that kind of inviting community. And we saw that. We see that over and over. We saw it particularly in how he interacted with Zacchaeus. We talked about him a few weeks ago. And then there's intimate community. There's that, or, or if you don't like the word intimate, deep community. Those are the people that you, you can get completely honest and accountable with. And when I say honest, I don't mean to complain or gripe or chew or chirp with because that's not God-honoring. And that's for one of the one another Sundays. That's for another Sunday. But there will be a few people that we have deep, accountable community with. Jesus had three, Peter, James, and John. And I was blessed yesterday to have lunch with one of those people in my life that I just, I, I just run to, to wherever we're meeting. If, or I could, I would run, except I drove. <laughs> because I just want to be with him. Because he gives off the fragrance of Jesus and I know that I can be completely authentic with him. We're going to go briefly to Acts chapter 2 where we find an important description of some of the priorities of healthy community under God. It all ties together. And as you and I think about our contribution, particularly to personal and intimate community, as well as social community, the habits of the earliest church give us some, some good priorities. Acts chapter 2, and I'll begin with the first four verses of, of 7. The setting is Jerusalem. Jesus has risen, praise his name. And 50 days later, it's Pentecost, and the 12 disciples, or the 12 apostles, 
One of them now, now whose name is Matthias because he replaced Judas who had betrayed Jesus. They waited for the Holy Spirit to come and he came in power. And then Peter, inspired by him, delivered a message and people responded and were baptized. 3,000 people were added to the church that day. Praise the Lord. Man, we need revival. Canada needs revival. And then Dr. Luke, who wrote the book of the Acts of the Apostles, we know it as the book of Acts, he described the community of believers, and it's beautiful. And here are the first four verses. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs that were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold property even and possessions to give to anyone who had need. These are some of the priorities of community as the church. The the, the church community was devoted to these things. They were committed to them. They were persistent about them. They were constant about them. These were their values that just naturally came out. First was Jesus' teaching, called the Apostles' teaching. And our teaching, our teaching, I believe, always needs to keep coming back to Jesus. Because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. And he's the one that we're following. And for us, the New Testament scriptures are the deposit of the teaching of the apostles who carried on the teaching of Jesus. And we've been called to hear and obey what Jesus taught. And the beauty about Jesus' teaching is that he taught the Old Testament, but he taught it with authority and an understanding that the Old Testament had now been fulfilled in him. And so that it was opened up in a completely new way and understanding so that when we read the Old Testament, we understand its application and its fulfillment through Jesus Christ. Do you need, do I need to prioritize learning and applying God's word in life? Is that something that maybe we need to to give fresh priority to? Life groups and personal devotions and with people close to us, they're really, really valuable and important for that. Fellowship, they devoted themselves to fellowship. Fellowship is a word for community. The meeting together, the sharing, doing with. Fellowship, it's like sharing, sharing like family. Community means we all care about each other. We will share life. And the reality is we will share life more fully and more closely with, with a smaller number of people because we, we only have so much capacity. Larry Osborne, a, a book that we've been reading as, as leaders, Sticky Church, He wrote, I think of people being like Legos. We all have a limited number of connectors. And and, and I I like that illustration. The reality is we can connect deeply with only a few. And then we can connect well with with a larger number. And then we connect very loosely with many more. And and Jesus, Jesus showed that in his life. For us, for me, inviting our neighbors over for dinner is a really important way for us to connect, to bless them. To share the love of Jesus to say to them, what's your favorite meal? Come on over and we'll try not to make a mess of it. And it's good for Super Bowl parties too. And, and, and my, my prayer is that, is that there, would be, there would be more than just the passing relationships as we interact today uh, with, with people who are followers of Jesus or people who are interested. 
People who are seeking. And what the, what the Spirit say to you, you know, I, I need to prioritize the pra- practicing of hospitality. And then prayer. Prayer is absolutely integral to the life of the church. Amen? Prayer is absolutely integral to the life of the church. Amen? Amen. Thank you. I don't mean to manipulate you. I just, I just wanted to hear you. And that's the first one another, which will be next Sunday. And I encourage you to get into the habit of talking to God daily. We'll talk more about that next week. Praying not just alone, but with others. Because where two or three are gathered together, Christ is present and he brings restoration. That's the context of that passage. There's a bond that develops when people pray together. And at the end of the service, I I believe it's so important that this altar is always open for ministry. As we listen to how the Holy Spirit is prompting throughout the week, in this morning, so that we can see ministry together and praying together. Would the Spirit say, I need to be prioritizing praying, talking to God? And then the work of the Holy Spirit. That flows very naturally into our inviting God to display His power as He would choose. There are a lot of people who are afraid of the Holy Spirit and they treat Him as though He's the black sheep of the Trinity. And they, they, they don't want the Holy Spirit to be given too much freedom because they're afraid of what might happen. And that's about losing control. And I want to say, I don't, on the one hand, I don't want to try to mimic what the Holy Spirit wants to do and do it in the flesh. Amen? But on the other hand, I don't want to quench Him. And I don't want to say, just you just hold off, Holy Spirit, because I need control. Because the whole point is, we need to give it up. And we need to surrender to let him do what he wants to do, how he wants to do it, whatever he wants to do. And so, Lord, may it be so. And do maybe I need to prioritize surrendering more to the Holy Spirit? And you say, well, I'm not sure how. Then the, then the, the, the place to start is to say the very prayer that, that Bob shared today, which is, Lord, what are you saying? When he was in Cuba... And said, Lord, what do you, is there something you'd have me do? Is there something you'd have me hear? And let him speak. Generosity, verses 44 and 45 speak of generosity. Pooling property was voluntary, but the Old Testament shows that God's intent was never individualism's accumulation of personal wealth, but rather of generosity. And we've strayed so far from that in the West. But I want to say, having said that, bless you as a church for being that generous church when needs are brought to you. Bless you. Praise the Lord. What could be testified today by by Bob? Say $3,500 was needed and and $3,500 or $3,550 came in. Praise the Lord. Do I need to prioritize being generous? And two other verses, verses 46 and 47. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, saying a lot of what's been said already. And then verse 47. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So two last things. One is praise. Are we finding in in the little things and the big things, are we finding opportunity to give God praise and give give God thanks? 
Yesterday, Trina and I went to one of those occasions that we would rather not go to. But it was the celebration of the life that had ended on earth of a 43-year-old beautiful child of God who died of cancer. But the experience in that place, in that church facility, was, it was, the experience of community was palpable. God's presence was so thick. God's word was shared, food was shared, prayer was shared, generosity was evident. And what was most powerful to me was hearing a 43-year-old woman, hear her husband and her four children, two of them in elementary school, one of them in high school, one of them in college. Every one of them got up and stood behind the lectern and beautifully, eloquently, confidently, powerfully gave praise to God and talked about what an amazing mother and wife they had. What a phenomenal testimony. She's in the presence of Jesus. She's in the presence of Jesus. And she's in the middle of that dance with the Holy Spirit and the Father and the Son and dancing in his presence. I mean, I don't know literally what she's doing. But I can't even imagine. And I was reminded that as much as I hate disease and suffering, I will not stop petitioning God for healing, and I will not stop petitioning God for displays of his power. Amen? This precious sister fought the good fight. She's in the presence of Jesus and the praise in that place was incredible. Do I need to prioritize giving praise to God in all circumstances? And the last is growing the community. For all the things that have been mentioned about community and more that could be added, all of it could become little more than self-serving. And let's be honest, that's what often happens to church. That it all becomes, you ask, what's the church here for? Well, it's for us. No, it's not. It's for God's glory. And when God's glory is revealed, you know what happens? Is people come to follow Jesus. Because when Jesus, when Jesus carried out miracles, it wasn't just for the sake of the person who was being healed or the person who was being filled. Over and over and over again, I see that when Jesus did amazing things, it was a testimony and people came to follow Jesus. That is an important fruit of God's work. So that it's not self-serving. May it be that this room fills to overflowing. And more than once on Sunday... Because the teaching and the fellowship, the breaking of bread, the prayer, the work of the Spirit, generosity and worship are spilling over with the fragrance of Jesus so that family and friends and neighbors and co-workers would respond to the truth and the love and the grace and the hope and the majesty that there is in Jesus Christ. Amen? Do I need to prioritize the extending of community so that people would come to know the love of Jesus? and the fellowship of the Trinity. 
As the musicians come forward, let me ask, what is God saying to you? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you about what you can be prioritizing for promoting healthy, meaningful, God-honoring, Spirit-led community? Not that you'd rush into all eight of these at once, and you might think of others. The Spirit might be saying something to you that, 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 that isn't on that group of eight. Well, there's probably at least something that each of us can hear the Spirit nudging us about. Or in some cases, he might not be nudging because he's done it over and over again, and you might hear him screaming at you. But only screaming in love. Maybe he's giving you a push. And saying, you know, you know what I'm calling you to. If you say, no, I'm not sure. Then you keep listening. Because the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. As we sing this closing song, uh, you are welcome. You are always welcome to the front to pray, to pray with, to praise, to praise with as an important part of community every week. Just continue to listen to the Spirit and, and you please understand that I am not about pushing and cajoling and manipulating. Because that's, that's not needed when the Spirit's at work. Amen? What I want to do is I want to hear Him. And I want to obey. And I want to let Him do His thing. Do His work. Let's pray together. We say, come, Lord Jesus, come. We say, come, Father, come. We say, come, Holy Spirit, come. Not that we need to invite you to be among us, Lord, because you are. You are with us, you are before us, you are around us, you are in us. But we invite you, Lord, invite you, Lord, to lead us. We invite you, Lord, to have your way. We invite you, Lord, that the the community of the triunity would descend upon your community of the church in an undeniable way so that we hear your voice walk in your ways and we would be filled with awe and wonder at what you would do for your glory and your glory alone be glorified thanks for listening online with us we trust you were encouraged and challenged by today's message If you have a prayer request or an encouraging story about what God has been doing in your life, please email us at amen at wcmc.ca. God bless.